0: Welcome to Beyond the Bench, a podcast sponsored by, and in conjunction with, Gordon Leadership Services. Beyond the Bench is a podcast done by ADs for ADs. Every week in this podcast, three Iowa high school athletic directors talk about current program issues we are dealing with, special moments we've had, a quote of the week, some hot topics. And we will, of course, have some fun along the way talking about things happening with our family and friends. We'll talk with special guests, including athletic directors currently doing the job, retired ADs, and people we work with inside and outside of the school who help to make our program successful. I'm Todd Gordon, currently at Des Moines Roosevelt High School, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial High School and Aaron Stecker, from Cedar Rapids Kennedy High School. All three of us have taken different paths to our current positions, but we believe our separate journeys will make our discussions interesting and informative for ADs from schools of any enrollment size. All three of us have been active in the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. I currently serve as the president of the IHS ADA, and Scott and Aaron are both recent past presidents. All three of us hold certifications from the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, the NIAAA, with Scott being a Certified Master Athletic Administrator, and Aaron and myself holding our Certified Athletic administrator certifications. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions, current situations or concerns you are dealing with in your program, and you would like us to discuss them, Feel free to email us. Our email address is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. That email address, again, and this is all one word, is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. And now let's get to today's podcast. Well hello everyone and uh, thanks for coming back and joining us. This is episode 18 of Beyond the Bench and we got the gang all here. Hey Scott, hey Aaron. Hey
1: how you doing? Hey Todd, how you doing today?
0: I am very good and uh, looking forward to talking again. Um, We just probably spent the longest time talking off air as we have in a while, just uh, 10-12 minutes about some different things. So um, anyway we're going to get started today and and uh, we had a subject we were going to kind of talk about and then I think some things that have happened this week and and uh, recently we decided to switch gears a little bit. So we kind of titled this episode, um, Aaron kind of titled it for us, like, you know, I'm still in. And, uh, you know, I, Aaron, we were talking offline. Why don't you, you kind of lead us into this a little bit um, on why it's important for us to do things like this. And then. We're going to talk about the uh, pep rally at Kennedy that you just had for your spring activity, spring sports, and it's quite a celebration and a tradition, so we're kind of anxious to hear about that, Um, so why don't you kind of lead us off, and then go back and forth a little bit, too.
1: Sure. Well, we were just, you know, talking uh, last day here just about, hey, what what are we going to focus on tonight? We've kind of had a, a topic coming up, as you mentioned, Todd, but. There's just been pretty some pretty cool things come up and, and we were talking uh, off air before we got on about how sometimes April and May can be a, a pretty good grind uh, for our for us as ads and for our teachers and for our staff there's just a lot of stuff going on and and sometimes it's just a remind there's you need a good reminder that hey yeah it's a grind and a lot of stuff going on but but uh, there's a lot of great things going on in sports and a lot of great things to celebrate that make you step back sometimes and say yeah it's tough sometimes but you know what it's a good gig, and I'm still in, so we're going to try to talk about a few of those moments that maybe uh, struck us this past week, so we're excited.
0: Yeah, you bet. Let's do it.
1: So the pep rallies, what do you guys want to know?
0: I kind of want to know where it started, um, and I mean, I, I'm just amazed. Uh, there was a video online, you know, on Twitter, I think, that one of your students did, which is I think it's great, too, that your students are doing that. But just the the energy and enthusiasm you could see in that video, and I know you've talked about it before. Uh, it's a lot of work for you, and and uh, but boy, when you see the kids having fun like that, I, it just it's spectacular. It's great. So I just curious where it started. Uh, if you started it, or you know, but just how to get going, and your kids obviously look forward to it.
1: You know, they do. And I'd I'd love to be able to say that they're an Aaron Stecker original, but they're not. Um, Actually, another uh, great friend of mine, actually, we went to college together. We were uh, roommates in college. Uh, Corey Tafoya was a, uh, he was a Spanish teacher and soccer coach at Kennedy. He went there right out of college in 94 and uh, and then worked his way up and was an attendance facilitator and then associate principal for us. And (laughs) One of the things he did back in early 2000s was he needed some internship hours and wanted to revamp our, our pep assemblies and, and get a little more energy going. In 2002, actually, is the first year I have in all of my records of the the current pep assembly format. That's when we started the Spirit Stick competition. So Corey DeFoya started that way back in 2002. So what is it, 17 years later?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: we just kind of keep trying to build on it, but he got him going back then, and... He did them until he left in 2006. He left to go to Illinois and be, become a principal and lead a building over there in Illinois, Woodstock, Illinois. And uh, I was then a tenant's facilitator and then the same thing, doing my leadership uh, leadership stuff that you and I. And so I took him over back in uh, 2006 and seven. So I just finished my 14th year of running pep assemblies. I've done 42 of them now. Oh. Um, three, We do three a year. And they're just a ton of fun. He, the idea he came up with was the this, this spirit stick. And what he his big goal on that was to, to, to just get something at the end of it, to let the classes compete with one another, you know, freshmen versus sophomore, <coughs> juniors and seniors. And he really did a great job of developing this, this idea of what are some kind of crazy, wacky, off-the-wall, different things we can create these, these student competitions with that will bring different kids down, down to the floor uh and represent their class so you know you we do the traditional relay things where you might get your athletes down there we might do some some singing or some speech or some some uh musical types of things or art but uh that bring those kids down but then we do things like what it developed into things like uh, most colorful hair um ugliest toenails one of Corey's favorite <laughs> ones to do i remember was smelly smelliest feet um, uh, but uh, we we would just try to come up with that one. I think was more for the judges because we we've got staff members that are our judges, and I uh, think we throw that one in every once in a while just to give our judges a hard time to make them smell kids' feet in front of the whole school. It's kind of fun to make them do that as judges. Um, but just come up. We just try to do the spirit sick competition that has, uh, brings some energy, gives them a chance to compete, and and highlights some of the talents and and. And skills and some of the diversity in our school, um, and I can talk about a few examples of those as we go through it. But that's the general gist. But we, what we we'll, we do in those is we do, we try to spend some time reviewing our previous <laughs> season. I think we all do that. Now. So this past spring, I was, what, what were the great things to celebrate um, in our winter season, in our fine arts, in our athletics, and our academic clubs? Um, our yearbook staff. We've always had kids who've been really great about putting together like a slideshow review that they just take all the pictures they took and put together about a five or six minute video review of, of the of the season so you're getting those yearbook and, and newspaper kids engaged in showing off their work uh in the video Good idea. Our, our tech crew um is engaged in setting up the screens and the multimedia and doing the cam. we've got live cameras there um and putting them up on the big screens and and they're managing the sound and the music for me that we put together. So our tech crew kids are engaged in part of it with that and, and putting the whole production on. Uh, and, it's, and, it, and that's evolved more and more uh, over the years as well. So we try to get different kids engaged in putting the whole thing on as well, taking leadership with it too. So um, they've, they've evolved into a beast. Uh, I dread them up until the moment the kids start walking into the gym. And the minute they walk <laughs> into the gym, it's worth every minute of it.
0: Oh, it's it's fabulous! I think the I'm, I'm sure the, the kids just have grown to look forward to that. I you know I suppose when you started it, it wasn't quite as well as new for one thing. But I bet it's just grown. It's just grown every year, and I just find it incredible. I I, I question whether it'd work at Roosevelt where I'm at right now. Um, I think if you find ways to engage kids who don't always get engaged, I think that's probably the key, do you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. I, they've got to have a reason. We always talk about, um, and teachers talk about in the classroom as well, uh, how do you engage the kid that sits in the back row? And and my goal with it is always to, um, the, the kids who really want to be there, i was just going to pile down on the gym floor in the front rows, and they're going to be down there, and you have to push them off the gym floors to give you space to do stuff. They're so excited there's always the kids that are halfway up and above in the bleachers. And I, and my goal is how can we get, how can we do things that get them engaged and get them excited and involved with it? And usually we, we do by the end of it, they'll come down a bit and they, and for the most part, they're excited all the way to the top of the bleachers. Um, so that, I mean, that's one of the big goals with it. Here's one of the things I love about it. Um, I always get grief when the, the videos and things like that get posted. Um, and the, I always get comments back about how, that just looks like an unnecessary mess. I mean, they bring a lot of confetti. I I mean, they, <laughs> they you know, they start coming in. We start those at 8:40 in the morning after first hour of class and man, they come in before school and they're dumping off garbage bags full of confetti and shredded paper and it's a mess yes. as you've seen. Uh, but they love it. And then they will turn around. I mean, I bet some of that confetti might be on its 15th, 16th, 20th pep assembly. They'll pick it up, stuff it back in the bags and help the custodians clean up. And then they take it home and store it somewhere. Then they bring it back for the next one. Um, so it really gives a chance for some of our kids afterwards to show some student leadership. Uh, like, hey, we made the mess. We'll help clean it up. Um, you you talked, Todd, about does it work? Um, here's how it works. And I talk to my kids about this quite a bit. Um, when I get asked about it, I've been interviewed a couple of times like for the student newspaper and and they'll ask me, so how do these things work, and how long have they been going on? And and here's what I tell them: there's a, there has to be a sense of trust that that is built over time with these things. Um, I have to trust the students, and not I say I we collectively as staff and administration. I'm the one that's on the mic on the floor, but. There has to be a trust of the students that they understand there's a line. We're gonna give you 90 minutes to let your hair down and have some fun and just be silly and goofy and celebrate one another. But there's a line, don't cross it. Um, yeah. they have to trust us that we're going to let them be that way and we're not and we're not gonna be our typical uptight prudes who are you only have to get to class on time. We're gonna give them the opportunity to you know, to celebrate and, and let their hair down as long as they don't cross a line. And there's, we just have found a pretty
2: good balance. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. of
0: that. mm-hmm. That's great. Now, That's
2: Aaron, when, how many times a year do you get to do that? We do three.
1: We'll do one right away within the first two weeks of school. Um, and then we do one right after Thanksgiving as the winter season's just rolling. And then we do, you know, one right after spring break uh, when we get going on spring sports. So So what,
2: what kind of things do you guys honor during that? Or is it just the time for the kids just to, just to have fun?
1: Well, no, uh, we got like this, this last one, for example. So we went through all the winter sports and I try to recognize kids. I go sport by sport and kind of what a couple big highlights of each team, um, who got all state maybe, uh, or maybe it was first team all conference and try to have those kids stand up and be recognized. Um, if any school records are broken, if they earned a state qualifier banner or anything like that, okay. I'd let them present that. Same thing for fine arts. Like our show choir, Happiness Incorporated, won a, a grand championship at one of their competitions, so those their leaders got to present that trophy for, to the school. And um, one of our large group speech groups in Reader's Theater, group of all freshmen, did a fantastic uh, thing on twins. Uh, it was related to twins, twins, the twin towers, written by our speech coach. It was amazing, and they got the criti- uh, the Critics' Choice. So they had got to present the banner in front of everybody and be out there in front of everybody for that so we'll celebrate that kind of stuff for the previous season and then i'll invite i'll just go team by team for the upcoming spring sports and activities so like i brought this the the cast with the spring musical down and cool. they just if they're funny they'll come down on the stands and they'll all gather mid-court and they've gotten into doing this huddle and they'll do their team cheer and then the will fall off <laughs> and there'll be some kid in the middle that might take their shirt off and flex or they'll do something goofy in the middle of it. As I, as, as they're gathering in the middle, I'm, I'm reading what the coaches and directors have sent me for, you know, information about the upcoming season. Who's your returning letter winners? What are you looking for, for the team? So I kind of give a preview for each team as they come down, but the kids get to see all the kids engaged in that sport um, down there in the court. And then our student government puts on, once we're done with that, the student government does captain's games. So two captains from each team get together and they have a competition and, and you know, one sport gets come out with a winner on that. They did a, this last spring they, or this last one, they did a, uh, like a scooter race. They had, they were on like the, the little 18 inch by 18 inch, like PE scooters. Mm-hmm. And they, and they've mm-hmm. got two plungers and they had to do a relay race. They had to push themselves with plungers <laughs> back and forth across the gym. And the boys soccer team kicked everybody's butt. And so those are just some of the different things we do. Um, some of the spirit stick stuff. I mean, I go back. Um, I keep them all. Like I get suggestions from kids and student government, and I go back and I've got all the old scripts and I'll look back and I pull stuff from like 2007 that we did back then in the spring. And um, but some of the stuff we did this time around, I did a. I always like to work in beatbox and bars. I like to hear our kids kind of do the beatbox and rap and see what they can come up with. And and their topic was uh, what did I have them do this time. Snow days. Oh, they had to do a, a, a rap about the, the snow days and all, the, all how they spent their snow days. And I had to ask for another kid who I thought was going to be, a, they think they're a great motivational speaker. We had just finished doing the IO assessment tests, whatever they're called now. And uh, had them, they had to give a pep talk, like a win one for the Gipper pep talk to get their class excited about doing well on the test. And this girl for the juniors, quiet, laid back, you would. Unbelievable! Her class got her out there on the podium to represent their class, and she grabs a microphone from me, and she is in front of the class, hollering, "We got to do this thing. We're smarter than everybody else, and it's time for us to show off all the hard work. We got to do." Th-. I mean, it, this girl would never do that, but she just we got out there, and she went crazy. Her the juniors loved it. She got the point. Um, it was fun.
2: Cool.
0: Hey. Well, I think that's uh, that's just a great thing. And uh, I think everyone does a version of it, but I think Kennedy's taking it to another level. And uh, anybody out there with questions, man, feel free to ask Aaron. And uh, I'm sure he'll share some things with you. But we, good job. Have, that's well, great. You.
1: If you ever want to come watch, we've had some schools come and watch. We had uh, Center Point that came down this time. I think Clinton wants to come next fall. So if you want to come see one sometime. Shoot me a note and come on over.
0: Super. Thanks. I can do
2: my I can do my motivational uh Chris Farley imitation for you. There you go. A little...
1: <laughs> That's I should use that sometime. That would be funny. Give me a Chris Farley down by the river impression. See, oh, I got a God game I out of it. Of
2: it. You got... I've there got you my go. plaid suit ready to go.
0: All right. <laughs> well, you know, leading into that, then uh, you know, just some things that have happened recently. I think everyone's kind of you know, Dwayne Wade retires, and uh, Budweiser had that commercial they did uh, with the five five people whose lives he touched. You know, they kind of surprised him, and uh, that was pretty emotional, and uh, we kind of talked about there's a couple times we've cried this week. That was one of them,
1: oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, then, of course, we're going to talk about Tiger, too, what happened today at the Masters and all that, but... That D. Wade commercial um, or tribute, I guess. I don't even know if it's, it's – not really a commercial, just more of a tribute, you know, where he's been exchanging jerseys and, and doing all that. Um, just really emotional, especially with his mom in there. I think yeah. if you, yeah. you go and you read about his life and uh, the struggles that his mom had uh, with addiction and uh, it, it just – And he flat out says he turned to to sports. He turned to basketball and football to keep him away from the drugs and the gang lifestyle. And, um, you know, so sports kind of saved him, so to speak. And uh, let's just talk about that that commercial a little bit. I I wrote down, I watched it again this afternoon. And there are some things that are said in there – three of them actually by his mom, Uh, some quotes that I think are good for us to remember. Um, And then I'll let uh, Scott speak on it a little bit and then Aaron too. But uh, some quotes she said, um, she said, you kept showing up, you know, and as you read about it a little bit, visiting his mom when he's 10 years old, he kept going to the Cook County jail to visit her. Mm -hmm. And, Then, as he's at Marquette, his sophomore years when she really hit rock bottom, and um, he kept going to visit her there, uh, when he was older too. And he she just said, You kept showing up and you believed in me. And um, then she said, You know, you are bigger than basketball. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, for that, just that was incredible,
2: yeah.
0: And then I, I think it was the uh. The, the young man who was killed at Parkland, his sister, uh, the basketball player who had the jersey, yep. I, I, think, I think she simply said that, you know, that you cared yep. uh, to D Wade. And I think it just reminded us again that there's – the professional athletes we see on TV and this and that, and, the you know, the, they're people. And yeah. uh, we get caught up following the wrong ones sometimes, but it's just so good to see something like – uh, D-Wade that has done good with his life and he's been good to people and um, just a, a good person. Um, so those are some quotes that kind of stuck stuck with me. Um, Scott, what what do you think about all that? Yeah,
2: I mean, I, again, I, I just think athletics is such a powerful platform for people to do good things. and And it's always refreshing to see, whether it's our student-athletes, you know, and I know you're, you guys have student athletes too, but when they do their service projects out in our community, um, when they're, you know, going to read to kids, when they're, um, you know, going to Miracle League and, and helping people or other, um, you know, homeless shelters or to a um, retirement home, um, it, it it's like Aaron said, you know, those are the moments where you feel like I'm all in. This is an awesome opportunity for me to be involved with something that's bigger than myself um and, and you guys know it's just like where our kids get involved in that they have fun they they get to you know build lifelong relationships um and they you know, we have our coaches have the opportunity to work with our kids and and make sure that they have these opportunities and and hopefully our kids are learning and growing from them and um and they see the good things that you can do through sport like Dwayne Wade or, you know, and, and then hopefully they see themselves in that where they, you know, gosh, I would really like to make an impact. What can I do to make an impact on others? And and hopefully our student athletes are, are watching and seeing those things um, and they want to emulate those. Because as we know, there's so many uh, bad things that uh, some of our professional athletes um, do and our kids want to emulate. Um, hopefully that they see this and, and feel like that's where the impact and, and the positive influence can really come mm-hmm. yeah I, I I agree Scott and I've had much
1: more to add on to that one of the things I wrote down was just I wrote down that sports create opportunity of influence both for the athlete themselves and, and and for those that they have the opportunity to touch um, and that to me was what that whole that whole tribute was about I yeah. I, I tell you I sat so I hesitated. I don't know if you saw when I what I retweeted on that, but I was like yes, I know I'm retweeting from Budweiser and a school account probably shouldn't be retweeting from Budweiser, but when you're moved, you're moved And yeah, uh-huh. I, I was I, I saw that I think it was Tuesday afternoon I came home quick between school and soccer and it was just kind of catching my breath a bit and I came across that on Twitter and all of a sudden sitting there in my house, just tears streaming down my face. My two daughters are like, dude, what's wrong with you, man? I mean, I'm just sitting there sobbing by myself. I was so moved by, <laughs> by, by that tribute and by, and I've, I've always been a D Wade fan. I just think Dwayne Wade is a high character, high class guy. Here's, the, here's what I hope our kids take away from that and what we constantly have to try to uh, be sharing as a part of our story is let me, re- I have to be better. at. I'll speak for myself. I'd be better at making sure we share the story with our kids, they, I think our kids see the flashy couple-time NBA champion, couple-time, you know, uh, NBA all-star, or not multiple-time NBA all-star, a couple-time MVP, I think he was MVP, or anyway, he's been a rock star in the NBA. And they see the flashy millionaire, billionaire, look at me, I'm an NBA player guy. Um, and I hope this, when they see something like this from a guy like Dwayne Wade, they say, hey, he's a real person who, yeah, he had, he had, amazing skills and got to play basketball in the nba but here's a guy who first and foremost cared about people and when the opportunity yeah. arose to have an influence and an impact he stepped up and starts with his mom and then starts with other people he kind of had these quick moments with or these fleeting introductions with but he didn't i think with a few of those my read on that was yeah he remembered meeting them but i don't think he understood the impact he had on him until that moment or that or something <laughs> like that so i hope our kids see that that don't get caught up in the glamour and the glitz. Um, yeah, yeah. that's a nice perk of it, but, but be, be authentic and, and look for ways to serve people and influence people and then look for ways to be influenced by it. And that was so evident in that tribute, which is what yeah. I love about sports. It creates that opportunity so many times. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think it's, it's important that they kind of see, you know, if you have that kind of skill and, talent, no matter what it's in, you've got a responsibility too, um, to do, to, to do well with that and to be positive with it and to make an impact that way too. Um, yeah, they're just awesome, awesome thing. That led me to another one. And this is an Iowa boy, um, Nick Collison, Mr. Thunder, um, from Iowa Falls and Jersey was retired down in Oklahoma city. Um, I'd encourage, encourage you to go watch his speech. Uh, it's about a 12 minute speech that he, he gave on the night. It was, um, retired, uh, his family's there. Uh, Dave is there, you know, we see Dave all the time, uh, with Dactronics at the convention. And I've known Dave for a long, long time. Um, my son, AJ played AAU ball with, uh, Michael Collison, Nick's brother uh, back in the day, a few years ago um but a few things that nick said during his speech um i thought was really good and i think if you go watch it you'll you'll take some tidbits and i think that's another thing we can share with kids in some way or form whether it's a leadership meeting or or pull something out of it but uh he just talked about his teammates and how it was him he wanted to help his teammates win and he said, "I had no other agenda than that." And he said, "I think I stayed true to that, and I think they will attest to that." Um, he just wanted his teammates to win, and boy, and then if you go watch his one of his highlight tapes that they kind of put together, the dude played with such passion and energy, mm-hmm. um, and on the on the floor, um, he just did all the the stuff that people don't want to do sometimes, uh, but those guys. He talked about how he appreciated the role players because that's kind of what he was, yep. um, and it in his press conference after, um, when he's in front of the media, they ask him about what's it like to come from a small town, and uh, you know he talks about how the NBA is so diverse. You got guys from the uh, inner city, you got people from Europe, uh, you got guys. mid-sized towns you got guys from small towns Um, just everybody is kind of from different places and then he he really got choked up and he said i just felt like it was important for me to represent them Mm -hmm. just to represent his hometown and you know he in his speech then on the court he talked about i think some of his old teammates were there uh from iowa falls and he said, they might be in the bar by now, uh, but I just went And he said, I'll be there with you pretty, pretty soon. Uh, but even in the NBA guys, too, he talked about how he appreciated the bonds that he had with his teammates, and that's what he missed the most. And um, I'll make one more comment, and then you guys can talk about it a little bit. But I think that is just why – Athletics activities are so great because the bonds, the memories they have, um, and they give, they give people, uh, you guys can all talk about some of your teams that you played on in high school. Um, you know, I know the guys that I played basketball with in, at, in Griswold, Iowa, um, when we get together, it's, it's something special. And we don't, we get together once every five years. Now, if we see each other at a, fa- a reunion, um, but you know those teammates are some of the first guys you go talk to, mm-hmm. um, and I think we appreciate that more year after year. And gosh, another summer—it's going to be a 40-year anniversary for Ooh. me. Uh, yeah, uh, 40-year class reunion. Todd,
2: don't lie; it couldn't have been that long ago.
0: I know, I know. It barely looks you look like it? you're but
2: 30 still. No, I know. Grizzled veteran uh, Todd
1: Gordon, 40. Years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you know that's that to me just the stuck. It, it just like here's an NBA guy. Of course he's and he's talking about his teammates and how he misses the bond with his NBA guys. And it's probably no secret the best teams in the NBA are probably the, have the best teammates mm-hmm. and they're the best teammates with each other. Um, so I don't know. I just hats off to Nick. Um, he did represent Iowa Falls well. He represented Iowa well. I know we're proud of him. Um, just what a humble guy! I think yeah. there's another guy who is a pro, but just so humble, hardworking, and never lost sight of who he was.
2: Yeah. I, I what just sticks with me, Todd, and you've mentioned a little bit already, but just uh, you know when he talks about his teammates and the love for his teammates, and whenever I see successful teams or teams that you know have great seasons, that's one thing that they always talk about. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to. Uh, coaching authorization class at DMAC this weekend. And they the, they were all asking, what do athletic directors look for when they're trying to hire coaches? And, you know, one of the things I talked about was just that, you know, I want the person I hire to love kids and to love their team and create a, a team culture that's going to develop relationships with kids and amongst kids. And, you know, I think Nick just showed the power athletics and teams have on you know, whether it's your in a little kid or you're a middle school or high school or you're college or professional athlete, you know, uh, I've had, I've got great relationships. You talk about getting together with your high school friends. I know that uh, I try to get together with some of the guys I played college football, you know, whenever we can, and we always have a great time and we reminisce about the good old days, of course. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's, and it's awesome to have that bond and it was all brought together by you know sport which is awesome and and that's something that you know i'll always remember and i cherish you know the team and and my teammates um a lot and i think back on those days with a lot of great memories and not that there wasn't a lot of uh sometimes it weren't so great but uh you know how they you know they say that you have to have some bad times to have good times so um it was great to to be able to develop relationships and to get through some of those hard times with and now even today you know you know for me uh you know getting together with those guys is something i really look forward to every year so i, I think that was you know kind of what i got from Nick's nick's kind of farewell
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh,
2: well i love
1: the i love the teammate part of that um and everything you guys said about that. I think for me on this one, uh, Nick Collison would be a person who represents, uh, when I think about my, why, uh, or, you know, why I've been involved in education and coaching and now uh, as an athletic administrator, the, the idea that what we do in the programs, we offer, offer student athletes an opportunity or student activities, um, to, to unlock leadership potential and to, uh, to, to figure out how to pursue their best in everything they do. And I look at a Nick Collison who um, when you talk about leadership and, and definition leadership is, is helping other people become their best. When he makes a comment, like I have no other agenda to, than to help my teammates win. And I have no doubt for him, that meant to help my teammates be the best they could be. Whoever my point guard is this year, helping be the best point guard he can be um, help my coach be the best coach he can be. I mean, he's a true leader from the sense of I'm going to do everything I can to help everybody else be their best. Uh, and, and then, um, I, he did that by pursuing his best and it wasn't going to be a great crossover dribble drive to the basket. It was gonna be doing the dirty work, the things nobody wanted to do. And that's when I think about our theme for this, one of being an AD and I'm still in, this is one of the good things that I see come out of sports. And when you see kids grab onto that and then go use that the rest of their life, like a Nick Collison, um, we're in a pretty good gig that has a great opportunity to, to replicate that and help that happen for a lot of people in a lot of ways. So I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was good stuff. And uh, you know, a side note there, I think it's really cool. Of course, Dave was his high school coach, his dad, and, and now Michael is the coach at Iowa Falls Alden as well. Oh. So he's back at his alma mater and Michael is the head coach up there, the head boys coach at Iowa Falls. So kind of a cool maybe cool story all the way around. Maybe
1: Nick could apply for an assistant coaching job. He might be qualified now that he's retired from okay, I, I got
2: a I got a varsity assistant job. He can help Bob uh, Bob out <laughs> over at Centennial.
1: Uh, I don't know if he fit Coach Fontana's style. I don't know about that. Hard nose, <laughs> defense, rebounder. I don't know if Coach Fontana'd like that over there.
0: Well, you do know he's gotta pay the eight hundred dollars to take the course and get his license. No, he can't that, just walk in. That might
1: be hard. <laughs> that might be hard to come by. That's true.
0: <laughs> have to give him a little time on that. Uh... Well, we're gonna kinda wrap her up here today talking about what arguably could be the greatest comeback in sports history. Um No matter what, I think everyone has to agree that. Sunday golf is better when Tiger's in it. And uh, what he accomplished today, we're recording this on Sunday, obviously, Sunday night. But what he accomplished today by winning the Masters was just un—it's—it's uh, it's unbelievable. Um, the things that he's gone through physically, emotionally, mentally, in his life uh, the last few years to come back is just a tremendous testament, uh, number one, to his fortitude, to his training, um, his toughness, man, I, it just, you think about the level that competes at the PGA tournament, uh, you know, the PGA and the masters alone. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to go through and just highlight his career a little bit. Um, I think it puts it in so much perspective. You know, you, everybody's kind of seen the clip of him at two years old on like, Johnny Carson and with his dad and talking. But, um, you know, he was an NCAA champion at Stanford. Um, he turned a pro when he was 20 right after his sophomore year, right after he won the championship, the NCAA championship. Uh, that was 1996. 97, he won the Masters by 12 strokes, the largest margin uh, ever ever won there. And uh, through 2007, through those 10 years, uh, he won 13 majors, had the career grand slam. And then in 2008, he won four of the first six PGA events. Jeez. Four of the first six. Um, and then he had to have a knee surgery. It was kind of minor. It, he was out two months, but he came back and won the U.S. <clears> Open <throat> uh, later in August. And then he had to get back out because he had to have another knee surgery, which tells me he wasn't 100% healthy. He just came back to play in the U.S. Open. But during that time in 2008, from the time he was 97 to 2008, he was number one for 500 weeks. Hmm. 500 weeks in in number one It was in 2008. Um, 2009, he failed to win a major, but he won the FedEx Cup. And then in November of 2009 is when he uh, reportedly had an affair. Uh, two days later is when he was charged with D- DUI uh, down right outside of his home in Florida. Uh, hit a fire hydrant, a tree, some hedges just a fl- few blocks from his house, kind of racing out of his house. Um, of course, financially, he, he lost a lot of endorsement deals through that and checked himself into a sex rehab clinic at the same time. Um 2010 to 2017 he began to drop in the rankings he fired his caddy <clears throat> he had more knee problems he had an achilles problem uh, in 2013 though he, he in the midst of that he returned to number one for a little bit but then after that from 20 2014 to 17 he had two back surgeries he dropped out of the top 100 and in May of 2016 now think about that three years ago, He dropped out of the top 500.
1: Hmm.
0: And after that, he had another back surgery. He missed 10 months. And then finally he came back in, you know, 2018, uh, played better, played better in a major, uh, British Open. Um, uh, PGA is what he got second in, I think. He kind of made a charge in that one. Um, But then in September of 2018 – A few months ago, he won the tour championship, which was the 80th victory. And that kind of set the table. Uh, You could see it coming at some point. And then of course, today, uh, two strokes back going into the final round, still two strokes back with about six or seven holes to play. And, uh, charged through, stayed the course and, uh, won his fifth major, his fifth masters. And, uh, I don't know. It just—I went to church today. When they moved the, the tea times up, I was uh, oh man, am I going to get ill tomorrow morning and not go to church? <laughs> but but uh, you know, I was a little distracted during the sermon once in a while. Um, Your tweet was funny,
1: by the way, today.
0: <laughs> it was like get out, and I had I, I had it on the radio, and oh man, we were racing home to get. There, I guess, saw a whole seventeen and eighteen. But I tell you, just love him, hate him. I admire people that persevere and that just stay with it. And I just to see him there with his family now. It's it's just so full circle. Yeah, from being with his dad, um, and then now to see his kids with him and his mom. I just it was goosebumps hmm. and. Uh, I mean I just I really have a lot of admiration for what he did from a competition standpoint.
2: Yeah, I I, I mean like I always felt like at some point he was going to do something again because whenever he plays golf, you just want to see him play and I don't know why that ever is, but you're always like okay, he's got a chance. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's it's amazing how you know I I can't even like fathom, you know, because you know, when I was, you know, in college, he was, you know, he was golf. Tiger Woods was. If you said golf, Tiger Woods was in the sentence with it. So it mm-hmm. it's amazing to see him come back and and make that. I mean, it's it's amazing what he's done. I mean, I can't even put it into words. Really, that's just crazy.
0: He changed the whole game. I mean, think yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. I mean started in 96 97 when he started winning and there's no way to challenge him really. Yeah. I mean, some of the older guys were there and then just look at these all these young guys, the way people train now for golf, physically, uh lifting, yeah. um uh, care of the body. Um, boy, those guys they're 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 incredible athletes. They are ripped and they, yeah. and they're such good golfers. I mean, he just he changed the That's- game.
1: You know, Todd, you say that, and I was listening. I uh, cut on the radio at some point in time this weekend, or maybe going into the week, late in the week. Think about this: the way how and people get tired of hearing all the sports pundits. T- t- I mean, if 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 golf is going on, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. I, I get it, but here is the thing: think of how good all those other golfers are. Think of what Jordan Spieth did, you know, a few years back over his two or three years. I mean, he was he was unbeatable and doing amazing things <laughs> as a golfer. Think about. What Dustin Johnson has done. Think about what um, uh, oh crud. Um, a couple of years back, Australia golfer um, Adam Scott. I mean, there have been golfers who have had great eighteen month, two year, three year runs in you know since the, the late two thousands and two thousand tens here. Fant- and they were irrelevant because as excellent as they were, they didn't measure up to what Tiger did. His his, his the bar was set so high on what greatness in golf meant that nobody else can match up. And, and you think about how incredible it is to think about how you've elevated the game, uh, as, mm-hmm. as a single person. That's just one part of the history. I love so much is, is that level
2: of greatness, um, baffles yeah. me. Todd, when mm-hmm. you say all the, all the golfers are ripped and how good an athletes are, I, I can only just think of John Daly. there's those two ways to go about it i guess Um,
0: yeah Yeah, his his training method is a little uh
2: he went with there he went with the 12 ounce curls i guess yeah
0: (laughs) oh yeah he's made his claim too well i just you know from an athletic and competition standpoint today was spectacular and i it'll be one of the greatest comebacks we witness in our lifetime you know i'm convinced
1: i i i grabbed on something on twitter here earlier uh, before we were on and and because uh, i said I, you could go greatness you could go grit you could go perseverance um there was a video came, it was a few years ago and then somebody else brought it back out today um of tiger woods sitting there and watching all the the, the sports pundits yes. He'll never do yep. this and he's over he should retwi- he should retire uh, i mean just all the naysayers and they you know um they've got to fill the 24 hour sports cycle. I get it. But some of the things they say are just so dumb, but having tiger sit there and watch this. um, And I just quick made a comment on that. of this is why you don't listen to the outside noise, this is why you have to be driven internally and intrinsically and talk to yourself. Don't listen to yourself and don't listen to others. If you, if you've got something you want to go get, go get it. And don't listen to the noise. And he had to have been doing that the last five years. Like, can you imagine the negativity that's surrounded him from everybody else from the outside the last five years? Um, yeah. To, to come back yeah. through that is amazing.
0: Yeah. I think what, and he was hurting. I mean, when he was winning, he was, you know, when he was throwing his tantrums out there and swearing on the horse, and he was not likable.
1: No. Uh,
0: he was hard to cheer for you couldn't cheer for him uh but you knew he was a competitor and it was fun to watch him play but you couldn't really support him 100 percent. i think when he hit rock bottom and then he started to come back from surgeries and he, he was working on his game and he matured obviously you know he's 43 years old now um now you can cheer for him um I uh, and then his quote you know it, it's what he put on Twitter afterwards, a lot of people have seen it. I can't thank my family, friends, and fans enough for their support. Having my family by my side today is something I'll never forget. To only be able to play again, but to be able to win again, is something I will forever be grateful for. This jacket sure is comfortable.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh... but there's, there's a guy, and I again, it was taken away from him um physically probably mentally emotionally he probably I mean he had to have doubts he, he can't be a person and not have that but uh for him to come back and just know he's just grateful to play again but then to win is is unbelievable so um and great day it was
1: don't miss in that either Todd in fact as you met he did it he and he knows it he said he did that he did a lot of this stuff to himself he he yep. got very caught up in himself and and, 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 and who Tiger Woods was, and, and he did this to himself, and now he's come back, and he's been accountable to that, and he's been humbled by that, and he's far more liked and far more respected and revered on the tour now than he ever was when he was winning tournament after tournament after tournament because he's become authentic and realized, hey, it's bigger than the trophies, and it's bigger than... Uh, the you know, win in the majors, and I think that's one of the things that I, I really like coming out of this. Also, is man, we're all a process, uh, and and sports just gives us that constant opportunity to to look ourselves in the mirror and see the good, and and then see the bad and the ugly, and try to keep getting better and make mistakes and fail and and, and rebound through it. Uh, again, a reason why I'm still in
0: on this thing. But you, he, what a story he is of that man. Yeah, I, I think that. I looked it up here because I was trying to remember it. And uh, that leads right into a quote I just wanted to talk about here quick. Uh, And just another, again, great story we've had the last two weeks. In the last week, Virginia winning the national championship a year after being knocked out in the first round by a 16. And then Tony Bennett's quote, Mm -hmm. if you learn to use it right, the adversity – it will buy you a ticket to a place you couldn't have gone any other way. Mm-hmm. That is so wise. And, you know, I think as ADs, it's just another – we just have we don't have to look very far to find these positive things we can share with our coaches. No.
2: Nope. Well, yeah.
0: And the people that we, we work with, the directors, uh, who go through tough times too. Um, we don't have to look very far to find stuff to – to help them. And, uh, I think it, it's our responsibility to do that. And, uh, uh, it just, that, that is such a wise sentence. One sentence, just a few words.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Good stuff. Yep. Well, Hey, this has been fun. And, um, again, I think it's, it's a fact we do get heavy sometimes and, April and May are going to continue to be busy. We just know that. And, uh, boy, let's look at those moments that we're able to create, that we see our kids create, um, our coaches and directors create moments. And then let's, let's make sure we celebrate that and uh, we take time to do that. Just don't worry about the next day's cancellations or, you know, what the weather looks like the next day. If something good happens, let's, let's show it um, let's celebrate that. You guys in on that?
2: I'm oh, in. in. <laughs> Ready break.
0: <laughs> Ready break. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, um, uh, have a thanks, good man. week. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Pretty good this week. Let's hope it hangs on.
2: I hope so.
1: It will.
0: Anyway, yeah, it will. And if it doesn't, guess what? We'll just manage it and make it work.
2: Yeah. Yep, that's right
0: so anyway everybody have a great week uh thanks for listening thanks for stopping in um no matter where you're listening or what you're listening uh, to uh just appreciate you stopping by and sharing some time with us got anything you want to talk about you know, give us an email beyond the bench at gmail.com that's beyond the bench at gmail.com and we'd love to talk about it thanks for stopping have a great week And be blessed.